Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey and this is a second part in our Newsjack series where we talk to Angela Barnes, the host of Newsjack, and we also talk a bit about her writing process and also about her attempts at writing situation comedy. So that's all to come. Hope you enjoy it. Pleased uh, to welcome Angela Barnes. Hello, how are you? Very well, thanks. Very well, okay. thank you. The yeah. host of the wonderful News Jack. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's great. News Jack. Yeah. And you're following in the footsteps of people like Matt Miles. Jack Miles was Jack. the first one, wasn't he? Yeah, then Justin Edwards, right. Ramesh Ranganathan, yeah. Nish Kumar. No yeah. pressure. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great well, you've list. Been, uh, I mean, you've done two series now. This is your third series. Isn't yeah. It? You, you, pretty quickly settled settled into the show yeah. at the same time you've made it something very different just by by dint of your own you know stand up persona sure. so how how would you kind of describe yourself in stand up well i i get described by other people as being world weary and self deprecating that's what i get all the time and i didn't okay. really that's not what I set out to be, or just turns out that's what I am. <laughs> so, so I've sort of embraced that now. Gone, yeah, okay, yeah. well, if that if that's my persona, that's yeah, my persona. It's a nicely self-deprecating response to those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I'm self-deprecating. It's sarcastic. Well, another yeah. thing about uh, me that's... Yeah. Oh, well, if you say I'm self-deprecating, I guess I'm going to have to accept it, really. Um, but but you, have you always done a lot of topical uh, comedy? Not really. I mean, I when I started doing stand-up, it was mostly quite autobiographical mm. stuff, you know, and then you mine that as far as you possibly can, and yeah. you can't, you know, you've got you, no you history run, left. You run out of life. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You go, oh, yeah. oh dear, I'd better look a bit wider out yeah. into the world. You and know? you either need to go travelling, so you get, and hope you get exactly. clubs, exactly. so that you've got an Edinburgh show. It was either do topical or have children, and having children is a big commitment, so I decided to do topical. Yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> don't have kids just for the jokes. No, yeah. no. I mean, you, you get jokes. Sure, but, but it's a big commitment. That's a big, that's a long way around yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true um okay so um how long have you been doing stand-up with you? only since 2010 i did my first ever open oh, spot so funny. just eight years almost eight years right been okay going. so and, and did you so come true. from showbiz world or not anything, remotely or? No. no i came from a background of i worked in health and social care so i initially right. trained as a nurse and then i worked uh in mental health for many years right. um, and now you're working with other comedians exactly it prepared yes. me very well joking apart do yeah. you sort of notice symptoms in people oh I diagnose people on the circuit okay. all and the, the time and they don't oh. I don't tell them but oh, in my head oh, I diagnose okay. people all the time do you occasionally have to diagnose them and just say mate you might want to think about or you just keep it to yourself I or... tend to keep it to my it's not my business unless yeah. they've been asked yeah. you know yeah. what my opinion is but oh yeah you definitely there's a high yeah. and also you don't often get asked am I mentally unwell in your opinion yeah. <laughs> you'd be surprised actually oh, really? you'd be surprised if people go I've, I've been thinking these things and yes. I yes. Yes. But I know with, uh, with Joe Brand when uh, I was on the circuit when, when she was and certainly the kind of uh, the, the, the kind of stuff she'd had to deal with as a psychiatric nurse kind of put her in pretty good stead when it came to midnight at the comedy store. Oh, I mean, yeah. Did you find it's that true. with audiences? Oh, yeah. that it it was... makes you understand their behaviour a bit more. You know, it right, makes you yeah. go... When you when you have a stag group in on a comedy mm. club on a Saturday night and you've got the alpha stag 
who's desperate for attention and you go well I can see what you're you're yeah. used to being centre of attention in your little group and yeah. you don't like that I've got the attention yeah. at the moment and so yeah. you're having to you know so you do analyse people's behaviour rather than just take it personally yeah. you go well this is about you not me yeah. the things that you're saying so you, it does give you a different perspective maybe on, on stuff that yeah. happens yeah. out there oh wow well yeah I mean empathy for your audience is actually quite a, quite a big yeah. thing isn't it really? yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean don't get me wrong I'll still put them down oh, but yes. you know That's it's right. nice to know where they're coming yeah. from and then you feel their pain <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so Obviously, the main thing we we talk about at the moment is news, Jack. It's sure. for our listeners the, the things that they're they're interested in. So, but I'm interested in how you then sort of came from that through to through to news, Jack, sure. and the, the process of getting sort of picked. Well, up. I I was always I describe myself as a bit of a Radio Four comedy nerd. I grew up with my dad listening to Radio uh, Four okay. comedy, and particularly mm. News Quiz was my mm. big. You know, I loved listening to that, and then. When I, uh, it was in 2011, I won the BBC New Comedy Award. So I got to know people in the department here right. through winning that. And I was invited to come in and do some writing on News Quiz and on News Jack, in fact, mm. back in 2011. So I think that's about when Miles was hosting okay, it. Okay, yeah, right. Um, so I sort of found my way in a slightly different way to the people submitting yeah, yeah. at home. Because I just hadn't really... Because I started doing stand-up before News Jack was a thing, mm. yeah. uh, that that opportunity wasn't really there yeah. at that point. Yeah. So it's really exciting now. I mean, I uh, and then obviously went on doing stand-up. I did a series on Radio Four, um, which is my own series. Mm. And then um, last year I auditioned to host News Jack when Nish announced he was leaving. Mm. Um, so they held auditions. They sort of invited people to. And uh, here I am. So and you won. You I won. Yeah, I beat yeah. them down. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, and so how much? How do you feel that? Uh, how much? How much of the show is you know you 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 have come to news Jack and then and how much is you know but you are you how much of you is uh, allowed in a sense to, to a fair amount actually a, a, a pleasant amount more than I thought would be because obviously when you're filling someone else you know Nish had four seasons mm. seasons god that's very American wasn't yeah, it four yeah. series right. I'll yeah, tell yeah. myself off of that yeah. four series as host and he very much established himself in yeah. you know what his voice was and what yeah. and try as I might I'm not Nish Kumar yeah. you know and the way that I write and my style are very different to Nish's yeah. and and I love, you know, I'm a big fan of niches, but mm. I was quite um, apprehensive having to fill those mm. shoes, you know, thinking, well, are people going to expect me to just do the same thing? Yeah, yeah. Because mm. um, also he's quite, he's quite a news geek as well, isn't absolutely. he? Absolutely. And a policy geek and that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. That's, that, that has its own attraction, but also, yeah. you know, lots of other people are just like, oh, you know, too much detail. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm more, I think my approach is a bit more every woman, you know, yeah. and a bit yeah. more the voice, you know, the the person listening to the news at home rather yeah. than the person yeah. who's debating with the newsmakers I mean, you know, which yeah. without wanting to get too diverted down the the obvious route i mean the, certainly the first 25 years that i was doing topical comedy there were maybe sort of two women in that whole 25 years mm. who were in rooms writing or or doing live topical shows mm. and obviously that has changed a lot in the last few years and yeah. You know, and of course, that that has brought, you know, a, again a different dynamic to the show. Do yeah. you think that's? I mean, without, I say, without going too far down the, yeah. the route of. Well, know, I think there were, you know, obviously I'm the first female host of News Jack, right. um, and so you, you, I don't. I never want to make that a thing because mm. it shouldn't be relevant mm. to a topical news show. What Although my it's gender hard is. At the moment, isn't it? It's, it's hard at the moment, and also people at home 
will notice that I'm not a man. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. I don't hide that particularly. And so you kind of, I, I did worry that I was going to have to prove myself in some mm. way, um, you know, to, to earn my position on the mm. show. And you get that in a lot of, you know, news panel shows, well, any panel shows mm. really, it'll be at TV, radio, um, where particularly when the quotas were brought in a few years ago, suddenly you were being mm. watched to mm. see whether you were just there because you were a woman or so you could be a man on a panel show not have a particularly good show not get much in the edit for whatever reason nobody would notice nobody cares but if that happened mm. to you as the woman suddenly yeah. you hadn't mm. earned your place yeah, yeah well that's what happened on shows like uh weekending and news quiz the shows that are, uh, where yeah. i was involved as a writer you know that a female writer would come along and do quite well at that Suddenly, it was like all of the all, all of womanhood's uh, rested on, on, shoulders. on the shoulders of the Absolutely. one person, and so if they were, you know, like the men, and they've been doing it for a year, and they 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 ha- need to have a patch of six months where it went really badly, yeah. then that was it. That they they, they were were finished. The men would be okay to. You on. you feel like you're not allowed to have a bad day at work because then you haven't earned your place, you know, and everyone has a bad day at work or, or a yeah. day when. And for example, I mean, I do Mock the Week quite regularly, mm. and it's only in the last series they started having two women on one show. And before that, being the woman on Mock the Week, you felt a lot of pressure. And yeah. it, the, the guys, it's only when you sort of talk to them about it afterwards, it hadn't occurred to them the pressure yeah. we were under. You didn't, they didn't bring you into an office and say, now then, Angela. <laughs> You are the woman. Yeah. <laughs> you have a special responsibility. You're okay. playing the female character. You are, exactly. Yes, but, you, but you did yeah. feel that pressure because, um, you know, if you've got four white men on a show and one of those four middle-class white men doesn't say very much in that show or doesn't make the edit, you don't notice because mm-hmm. there's three others. If the woman, not many of her jokes get in or for whatever reason doesn't make the edit as much, you know, because... Let's face it, we record three and a half hours and it's a 28-minute show. Yeah. So a lot of stuff doesn't make the edit that you yeah, said yeah. in the room that was funny. Yeah. Um, that's not the week, not news. That's not the week, not news. Yeah, oh, God, no, three and a half hours. Oh, no, no, no. But but then you suddenly, you're, you know, oh, women can't do it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because you're that's noticed if you're, because you're the only one there, you know. However, you are the host of News Jack, yes. and therefore you, you can inhabit that. And, and also the cast um, is, is sort of 50-50, isn't it? It's always two guys, yeah. two girls. Yeah. Um, how do you... Th- so, so how have you feel that you have put your stamp on the show? What do you think you've sort of... Well, I think the nice thing about News Jack is, obviously you're getting loads of different voices coming yeah. in because of lots of different people writing yeah. the show. But I get the little chance, I get my monologue at the beginning, mm. and so that's my chance to put my little... Yeah stamp on the show and what's been really nice is as the last two series have progressed that I've sort of been able to as, as people listening at home get to know your persona yeah. and get to know what your interests are and where mm. your particular you know so for example NHS stories I'll always do because I used to work mm. for the NHS you know and right. things like that or anything to do with mental health or and um, so you you sort of earn the right mm. to to do what you want a little bit more with that monologue at the beginning. Mm. So that's sort of my chance to go, this is my little bit yeah. where I can say what I want. And then the rest of the show is about facilitating yeah. the brilliant writing that mm. comes in. But I, I know you're not specifically involved in picking sketches and mm. saying, but, but I mean, are, are there things that appeal to you that are more likely to, to, 
to get a good airing if they're... Uh, so, so it's really as simple or... as if it makes us laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, we do the table reads, we do the... And if you're laughing in the table reads, just when you're sitting in a dry room yeah. and that can make you laugh, then you know that sketch is going to go yeah. down well when you put it in those, front of Those them. rooms... But, uh, do, you, do, you, do you do it out the back of the radio theatre? We do, those? indeed. You and know the room. Are, they, are the, they are some of the least funny rooms Absolutely. available in London, yeah. aren't Absolutely. They? So if you can make me laugh yeah. in that room, yeah, then yeah. you're on a winner, okay. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of we, what we look for in, in sketches is, is, you know, people get to the point quickly. It's mm. a short show with a yeah. lot of sketches. And so we're looking for a good punchline. Mm. You know, it sounds really obvious when you say yeah, it, yeah. But, mm. but people often have a great bit of meat in the middle of a sketch, but they don't begin it or end it. Yeah. You know, and they're really key thing. We need to end on a laugh is yeah. the yeah. key thing. And just brevity is really important because we don't have a lot of time. The soul of wit. Indeed it is, yeah. (laughs) And the other thing is... The brevity is the soul of. (laughs) 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 Not walking into that. There's a very good joke about that in Bill as well in the movie um, where saying things in a short and snappy way is the soul of wit. Nice. Says, nice. What you mean, brevity? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we get, um, but that's been that's been the ongoing theme. Everybody that we've talked to so far, yeah. to do with the show, is uh, keep it short, keep cut it short. Back. And I think that's the thing with. I mean, I know when I write stand up for myself, mm-hmm. editing is always. I always overwrite to begin with, mm-hmm. always. And you go out and the first time you try it on stage, you realise, oh, there's just too many words in yeah. this. Right. <laughs> you know, and you have to. And still now, I will always overwrite to begin with, and I have to cut. Um, so it is part of the process but yeah. that's the other thing as well don't write a sketch go well, that's that done send that in edit edit edit, edit go edit, back yeah. over it it's and that, that the thing the thing that always requires is confidence I think as well though doesn't it and that, that's obviously the thing that's most lacking in um, when you're starting out is you sort of don't quite know what's funny and therefore sure. the temptation is to submit a six page sketch hoping that the BBC people will find the jokes in it and then we'll sort of edit it down for you yeah. and you just think that's not that's, I mean, to a no certain extent, they can, but like you say, it's the time. You know, it's a topical show. We have to turn it over in a day. Mm. And we have brilliant script editors who, you know, work till the early hours yeah. <laughs> getting that script ready for the record the next day. But there's only so much they can do. Yeah. You know, if there's 12 sketches in the show, and, and if each one of those starts as six pages long, there's yeah. no way they yeah, can. Yeah. So, um, and I think the confidence comes with... I mean, the other thing about being a writer-performer is you get a feeling of what will work. But mm. if you're a writer who doesn't perform, that's a big, long learning yeah. process, yeah. I think, to work out what works when you say it out loud. Because jokes written down and jokes spoken out loud are very different. And unless you, you know... I mean, that's where coming to the records can be really helpful. Mm. If you're somebody who wants to submit to Newsjack, come along to a couple of the recordings, because then you see... Yeah. The difference between you know you might have some beautiful flowery language in your writing but yeah. it's not going to work spoken out loud yeah it's about economy of words you know taking out every word that isn't yeah. necessarily for the punch and also making sure this is one of the occasionally when i'm doing script editing i might circle a line and and write next to it no human being has ever said yes. that <laughs> yeah, yeah. and no human yeah. being would ever say yeah. that so i think reading it out loud to yourself Absolutely, you have to say the words out yeah. loud because that's when you realise that oh, there's a difference between written language and spoken yeah. language, and yeah. mm. 
this is radio. There's and that no... is unsayable. Yeah. yeah. And also that's the other thing, it is radio as well for people to remember, you know, so it, it, there aren't any visuals. Now, that can be brilliant right. in that you can mm. set your sketch wherever you like because we're not yeah. limited by sets or yeah. location or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But also you have to remember that it's all got to be in the words. Yeah. And then also, presumably, the, just the e- economic use of sound effects just yeah. to suddenly, you know, you can have, you, you know... We're going to set something in a in a Moroccan bazaar or something, yeah. and you can just hear that background noise come in, and you're, and you're there. You yeah. don't even have to say it. Oh, we're in a Moroccan bazaar. It's like, well, yeah, we kind of know that, you know. Yeah, sort of, absolutely. It's amazing how you can yeah. just locate mm. things anywhere. Yeah, and you can always sort of. I mean, you guys will add a little bit more if you think it needs to be there, but that's very yeah. rarely going to be the problem, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're very rare that we need to add. <laughs> it's mostly <laughs> editing and chopping. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they got that. No, no, they yeah. got that. <laughs> yeah. They just didn't like it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you do um, your monologue, but also, I mean, I know there's a lot of one-liners in the show. Um, yeah. And um, do you... Um, is, is, do you get people helping or, or, or do you take lines in your opening monologue? It's happened occasionally if somebody's written a line that really fits in with something mm-hmm. yeah. that's in the monologue. Yeah. Might, that's that's happened maybe a couple of times. Yeah. We go, oh, that's a really good line, let's slot that into the yeah. monologue. But generally I write that um, right. and then the one-liners come in right. throughout the show okay. as the sort of breaking news yeah. Items. The one-liners, it's so much fun because that that's the one bit I do have a bit of input on because yeah. mm-hmm. obviously we get 700 plus yeah. one-liners get sent to us and I'm not one of the poor people who has to yeah. read <laughs> 700 yeah. one-liners. Yeah. But once they, they go through the initial reading process, yeah. so they get farmed out yeah. to, to different producers across the department who yeah. then sort of pick their favourites yeah. and send them to us. And then we have on the Tuesday night before the Wednesday record... There's a group of, so it'll be myself, the producers, a couple of the writers. We'll sit down and we have, we call it the one-liner party. Right. And we'll um, we'll just read out the one-liners and the ones that make us laugh get a tick and the, yeah. the ones yeah. we're a bit like, I don't get it, they, yeah. they get. Uh, so that's that sort yeah. of final set that go in, we put on its feet there. Yeah. So it's yeah. quite fun to be in that. Do you think, have you got any, I mean, it's so difficult with a one-liner, isn't it? It's, it's either funny or it isn't, but I mean, even yeah. within that notion, are there, are there things that you think people could be doing that they aren't Again, it's, doing so it's much? Again, it's being economical with words. Yeah. It's that sometimes they're very descriptive, and you go, actually, mm-hmm. you, you only need half of those yeah. words, and it still makes sense, and yeah. it's punchier. Yeah. The more words you put in a setup for a joke, the funnier the punchline has to be to yeah. justify those words. You yeah. know, it's a really simple equation. Yes, right. So yeah. it's to, you know, if the punchline still works and you take out half mm. the words, then take them out. Yeah, yeah. Take out as many words as you can, making the punchline still work. Yeah. Oh, go! I will go. Just it's before I go, you should go. I, I've oh. got uh, just, just one thing I remember from my journalist training. Yes, mm. I trained as a journalist many uh, mille- uh, one millennium ago. <laughs> um, and the thing that um, you were always told, you know, your opening paragraph has to be incredibly short and incredibly snappy and the teacher the way he described it was he said uh was you've just seen a building on fire you have just walked into the pub to tell everybody that the building is on fire now tell it and that's that's the kind of you know without thinking you will go the building's on fire yeah. Yeah. That's four words. Yeah. Exactly. It's on fire. Building fire. Done. Fire. One <laughs> yeah. word. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, that, that's uh, yeah. you know kind yeah. of uh, 
Well, you don't even need a word, just ah! Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you bit, get it across. A bit more specific. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen of the hostelry, there appears to be some uh, inflagration taking place, yeah. uh, at which point people are dead. You're oh, dead, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly that. More from Angela in a moment. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you find it useful. If you do, leave us a review on iTunes and tell the world. That would be helpful. Uh, You could recommend us to a friend. And join us on Patreon, where there are all sorts of goodies there waiting for you, including copies of our books and some Patreon-only podcasts. And you'll also get to come to our meetup and live recording on the 21st of March for free. Yes, free. That's all at the Bill Murray in Angel in London. We will try to do others around the country as the opportunity arises for those outside London, which includes me, by the way. I live in Somerset. If you're a non-Patreon subscriber, for some reason, you can buy a ticket for the live event on the 21st of March, and you will want to be there because our special guest goes by the name of John Finnemore, who will be delighting us with his presence and wisdom. So find out more on Facebook or our Patreon page. You can also email us on sitcomgeeks at gmail.com and find us on Twitter. Right, back to the interview, and it's just Angela and me till the end. So enjoy. I know we're sort of it feels like we're sort of looking at tea leaves here but we'll sort of move on a minute also I guess are there are there sketches where they start and you just think you immediately just go ah, no I sort of yeah I mean often there's sketches where you just you can see the punchline coming a mile away yeah. you know and the problem is now with the social media age yeah is that the first joke you think of mm. will have been on Twitter five minutes after a story breaking. Yeah. So no longer can you do the first joke that you think yeah. of in topical shows. You have to go, right, what's my third, fourth, fifth idea on this? Yeah. And you have to really dig deeper because it's all out there really quickly. Mm. And so often, you know, you'll get a sketch and it could be beautifully written and great. And you're like, yeah, but this has already been all over Twitter. Yeah. This idea, you know, or this especially by Thursday night, whenever it's actually going out. Exactly. It's... So the sketches come in on a Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, no, on a Monday. Sorry, the sketches, and we don't broadcast till Thursday. And by then, you know, everything you first thought of is out there and done, and yeah. everyone's bored of it already. Things do change very quickly. Yeah. So we do look for the sort of slightly left field ideas or the things that aren't the first thing yeah. everyone thinks about. And it is amazing how when when one of those ideas does present itself. People are kicking themselves as thinking, wow, that joke was there the whole time and none of Absolutely. us and none of us saw it. How many times have you done that? How did I not think of yeah, that? <laughs> yeah. Did that not cross my mind? Yeah. You know? Especially there there were some sketches like that. When uh, it was one of the ultimate sketches was the Mitchell and Webb hands are we the baddies. Oh sketch. just amazing. And you know, every every sketch writer is watching that just going, They've always had skull and crossbones on their uniform. Yep. And we've never done that sketch. How did that happen? Yeah, absolutely. It's so simple <laughs> yeah. and so beautifully yeah, done. Yeah, and, the moment. and it goes back to uh, what Adnan actually was saying. Is the um, uh, When we spoke to him, he was saying sometimes you, the, the sketch starts, you immediately know this is a great idea. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the actual jokes themselves sort of doesn't matter really. You've yeah. Just, therefore, coming up with the idea... Oh, a concept can yeah. be enough to yeah. get you into the edit, you yeah. know, because if you've got a really strong idea but you might not have quite got the jokes right yeah. in the time or whatever, that's where the script editors can yeah. come in and punch it up. Yeah. And, and it's hard know. to know, and you would probably know from your own writing, there is always that temptation. Do you, are you, by nature, someone who gets 
nervous that you haven't written started writing soon enough or oh. do you sit on ideas I, no. I never, I, my agent always says about me, he says, Barnsley does her homework. That's the thing he always says about me because I, I hate going anywhere not prepared or right. doing any panel show, whatever it is, I love yeah. to be prepared. And that's been a real learning curve for me with Topical but because you can't. Yeah. You know, I can't know what's going to be in the news next week. I can't know what my monologue's going to yeah. lead with next week when I write it. So I have to write it on Tuesday. And that, for someone like me who likes yeah. to come in there and go, well, I've thought about this and I know... Yeah. roughly where I'm going to go. That's been a real learning curve. Yeah. But you can... The nice thing about a Topical as well is an audience knows that you've written that that day. Yeah. They do know, so you do yeah. get a little bit of... it. So some things that might not get a laugh if they were just in your normal... Yeah. You know, in a comedy club on a Friday night. Yeah. People would be like, oh my God, she's, that, that only happened this like morning. They've clearly just yeah, yeah. thought of that. You know, so it's... Um, the rules you, are a bit different, aren't they? Yeah, yeah and it's, it's learning how to sell a joke as well. That's part mm. of the performance, uh, you know, that you learn... That okay, this is an idea and it hasn't, uh, it's not fully formed yet, but on stage I can sell that. Yeah. And I can get to it. And sometimes you, you know, a little ad lib or something just lifts it to where yeah, it needs yeah, to yeah. be. You just have to trust that some magic will happen yeah. somewhere. So, I mean, we can talk a bit about, um, it'd be interesting to hear a bit more about your writing process because you've already done a, a series of your own. Yeah. As it were. Was that, um, I'm afraid I didn't catch it. Um, oh, was it's it called You Can't Take It With You. So it's based uh, on my first Edinburgh okay, show. Okay, right. Yeah. So it is you to audience. Yeah. With with extra sort of stuff around. Yeah, it. well, it was, it was filmed live in front right. of an audience and it was mostly stand up with yeah. a little bit of audience interaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, but in terms of your writing process, how, how do you go about about that and how has it maybe changed since you've you know moved from because presumably there was a transition between you being nurse yeah and a bit of comedy on the side and yeah. you know that 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 sort of changed yeah absolutely well I, I think I was much more disciplined when I had a day job because right. when you have a day job you know well I've got an hour tomorrow yeah where I can do some writing and so you use your time really yeah and I think part of you think when you give up the day job and you finally go full time, you think this is great, I can have all the time in the world to, and of course it doesn't work like that. You end up, oh, I'll just put some laundry on and I'll yeah. just make a sandwich and oh, Facebook. Yeah, living yeah. room needs painting. Yeah. I am, um, you know, before you know it, oh, I've got to leave for my gig now, you know. So yeah. it, you have to be disciplined. But what I have, you, you learn a lot about yourself and the way that you work through mm. trial and error, I think. So I know some comedians who are very disciplined and they say, right, between 10 and 4. Monday to Thursday is my writing time and I'll sit at my desk or I've got room in the shed or whatever mm. and that's my... Now, I know for me, that just doesn't work yeah. because if I sit myself down at a, a laptop or a blank bit of paper, I, the anxiety gets so... that I just okay. can't be creative. Right. So I just go, oh my God, I've got the whole world I can write about and I don't know where to start and I don't... Right. So I'm, a, I'm an obsessive note taker. I constantly have notes on my phone. Right. If I think of something... If I'm driving, I use Siri to take notes. Right. Because I don't trust that I'll remember anything. No. I mean, I'm in my 40s now. I don't trust no, <laughs> my no, brain no, to remember anything. Yeah, those nodes are already oh, starting yeah. to... Absolutely. I have a notebook by my yeah. bed just in case. Because I always think, you know, when you're drifting off to sleep, you get that brilliant idea and then in the morning it's gone. No. Oh, no, and It's never yeah. a brilliant idea, by the way. It never is. No. But just in case. Or <laughs> even worse, I think there's a sign, there's a sign of that episode where he does think of something amazing he writes it down in the middle of the night and the next morning he can't read it yeah oh and it's just it's yeah. very painful Siri is exactly. a great idea Siri's great for taking notes although part of the game is you know working out what you actually said <laughs> compared yeah. to what she translated yeah, but yeah. it's good because I find that with driving I found the two places that I came up with things most mm. is when I'm driving and when I'm in the shower and I think it's because <laughs> the, the main part of your brain is concentrating on something else yeah 
and so your imagination can go. But of course, when you're driving, you can't. Yeah. Right. So Siri's been very much frowned upon. To drive. It is to drive yeah. and write notes. Yeah. Um, and so actually, voice recognition is now pretty good. I remember Andy Riley saying to me that quite often, uh, he he's used notes or his phone to to just dictate straight into it. And I've yeah. and I've since then that was about a year ago. I've thought. Oh, it can't be that good. And I've actually done it and just thought, wow, this Quite thing, impressive. it really does get it all yeah, down. Yeah. Um, for me, that would be um, swimming. So yeah. I, I loathe exercise, but I can just about bring myself to swim. Yeah. And so quite often in a, you know, I'll do 20 lanes in a pool and just sort of, and your brain doesn't realise it's doing anything. And then suddenly you solve That's up. when the imagination yeah. can go. I have the same with swimming. And the okay. problem with swimming, I haven't worked out how to... Write it down with swimming yet. Well, I see, that's what waterproof pens, you see. Remember from those innovations catalogs yeah, yeah, in the yeah. 80s? I've got a waterproof notebook. Okay. Um, which I have uh, by the bath. Yeah. And I also bought, because I kept having ideas in the shower. Right. And by the time I got out of the shower, dried and got yeah. dressed, I'd forgotten it. Yeah. Or, so I've got, you can buy for kids, um, like soap crayons that you write <laughs> on tiles. I've got those in my shower. So if I think of something, I just scrawl it on the tiles. People think, I'm mad, but it works for me. Wow, that's, oh my and, and so I, I have all these notes, and so when I do sit down, so when I go, there's, right, a, there's, a, there's a very funny psycho scene there. <laughs> a shower scene where someone's about to be stabbed, and then they go, hang on, what's this? And they go, oh, I just thought it'd be funny. That. That's not funny. I don't, what's that? Oh, that is funny. That's, that's funny. Let's just stop marking your work. <laughs> right, no, you're dying for that. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's no good. Um, but it's a question I remember talking to Carrie Quinlan uh, last year, and we talked about that you need to find out what kind of writer you are. Yeah, so absolutely. Do you, so do you think that you, and this is something that Stuart Goldsmith talks about in his podcast, about the, the sort of comedian you thought you would be? Yeah. But have you turned into the sort of writer that you thought that you would be? Or I, I don't think I'm there yet. I still right. think I'm very much a work in progress. I mean, mm. I'm seven years in, you know. I yeah. think it takes people a lot longer than that to find. Yeah. I'm starting to... And different, obviously different seasons mean that you work in different ways, depending on yeah. your kids or not, and whether you have... Of Other course, yeah, what stuff. else is yeah. going on yeah. and, and mm. what your demands are. But yeah. I, I think that what I have worked out is just what doesn't work for me. Right. So like I say... Yeah, that's good though to know. Sitting it? down and just writing. Mm. I, I'm in awe of people that can do that. And, you know, some of the contract writers at the BBC, you know, when we they just, just sit in a room and just come out with a list of... And I, we've just I, spoken to them this morning. Oh, yeah. they're amazing. Yeah. Whereas I, I'm somebody who... I need to walk around a bit. I yeah. need to... I need to make my front brain busy so okay. the back brain can do the work that's what I okay. you know so be it um, just knitting or yeah. just doing something yeah. to make that I'm not somebody who can just sit and stare at a screen yeah. and then when you do write stuff and you're, you're sort of refining it in your stand up or whatever mm. um, you know are you, do you tend to overwrite or do you tend to think about it a lot and then try it and it tends to work better or I tend to overwrite I always start off with too many words and I'll mm. go and I'll you know go to a new material night or something mm. and then you realize very quickly oh this has way too many words in mm. it and I sort of edit as I go but I um I'm some stand-ups particularly will say oh I've got an idea and I'll take it on stage and I work it out yeah on stage I, I need to know what my out is right. when I go on yes. stage and I might play around yes. with how the I rip, get there the ripcord exactly yes. it's like I need to know that there's a punchline coming yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and roughly what that is yeah. you know whether it works or not yeah. is another thing but yeah. I need to know I'm heading to something yeah yeah and it might be that I play with it along the way or, you know, as I get more confident mm. as a performer, I can do that. I wouldn't have done that five years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, five years ago, I'd only ever step on a stage and I knew exactly what was going to come out of yeah. 
my mouth, you know, whereas yeah. now I might go, okay, that's the punchline, I need to work towards to that. There, yeah. um, but I'm not, I'm not a great improviser, it's not my thing. I think yeah. some people are really, really good at improvising, yeah. and that's how they work up their material, whereas I'm more about the writing and then yeah. working out how to perform it. And have you been making, um, also writing for, um, like, trying to write a sitcom or anything like that? Is that something you've been I, I'm working literally on? just starting to, you know, on, on sort of narrative. Yeah. Comedy. It's not something I've ever done. Yeah. Um, How are you getting on? All right, it's a completely <laughs> different discipline. Yep. You know, and, and you just sort of... Um, yeah, at the moment, it, it's I, I don't really know how I'm getting yeah. on. There'll be something that when, yeah. you know, someone else looks at it and goes, this is awful. <laughs> well, well, I mean, <laughs> what, when you're writing, I mean, it may, it's interesting. I wonder if, in what way are you influenced by stuff that you used to watch, that you're currently watching? Is, is, is there anything that you're sort of aiming for in terms of... Well, the, the problem I have is that I have such a broad range of things that mm. I like. Yeah. And I found this when I started doing stand-up as well, in that you go, you know, I like... I like Nick Helm and I like uh, Lee Mack mm. and I like, you know, all these vast different, you can't be all those people, yeah, yeah. you know, because then you're not yeah, you. Yeah. And, and I think the approach that I had to take with that was because you start panicking. I had, you mentioned earlier Stu Goldsmith's mm. podcast and I used to listen to that religiously mm. and I had to stop only because it was making me anxious because I was like, well, they do it like that. I must be doing it wrong. Yeah. Well, they do it like, and you realise you can't be everybody. Yeah. You know, and so I think taking the same sort of approach with is to write it and see what comes out, yeah. you know, and see where it, it's the approach I take to writing an Edinburgh show, you know, I'm not one of these people who go, right, I'm going to write a show about this. Mm. I go, I'm going to start writing something right. and see what it becomes yeah. because otherwise you can paint yourself into a corner, I think. If you go, right, I want to write something that's like The Office. Yeah then you're, you know, you, you just painted yourself into that. Yeah. yeah. And also, you, then you're in danger of being derivative or of, yeah, yeah. you know, leaning too heavily on... Yeah, it. it's hard to be... Yeah, you want your, your influences need to inspire you, but they don't yeah. want to let them control you. You can I only suppose. do what you can do. You know, yeah. I can only write what I can write. Yeah. Um, and so have you been... So it sounds like you're... Because you like to do preparation, have you carefully been planning your episode or is it... Yeah, um, I've done it very much from a... So sort of coming up with an idea of a concept of, of mm. what the situation for the yeah. sitcom is and then sort of breaking it down. So I'm very much, like I said before, mm. a planner. Mm. So I would come at it from, okay, where can this, you know, has this got yeah. legs? Is this something that could only be one se mm. series? You know, is yeah. it something that can be ongoing? Is it? And then try to break that down, right, if there's six episodes, then what, you know, yeah. what needs to happen in each episode? How are these characters going to... Mm. You know, can they interact in this way forever? Is there a time limit? You know, yeah. and just looking at all the different factors, and then it's sort of like colouring in. It's like gradually building up, yeah. and then adding that's interesting because obviously, I mean, because our show fundamentally is about sit sitcom, and mm. Newsjack is obviously a way into writing comedy and then writing sitcoms. Mm. But it's interesting that you're you're coming up with idea. You come up with an idea, and the way the way you're describing it is is is. It's interesting because you're sort of even trying to work out is this even a sitcom? Yeah. And it's interesting the number of times you know occasionally we, I've I've read scripts or people have told me their idea, and the response is that sounds great. It's a movie, by the way. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. Because and again, it's all a learning process, yeah. isn't it? Because you sit at home when you're a consumer. Bearing in mind, I didn't start writing comedy till I was in my thirties, so mm. I've spent a lot more of my life being a consumer of comedy yeah. than than producing and doing it. useful things. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> being a useful member of society. Yeah. Um, so I'm I, 
said, who was I talking to the other day? I can't remember now. But mm. I described myself as being an open spot of sitcom writing because I've never right. done it before. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not an expert and I'm just winging my way like I did with yeah, stand-up yeah, yeah. and just trying to learn about it. And so by reading books and by just sort of watching sitcom in a different way yeah. to go, like you say, because um, I had this lovely idea of something I thought would make a good sitcom and then you realise, no, that's that's got a beginning, middle and end. Yeah, it's a movie. It's yeah. a film, it's a yeah. screenplay, it's a mm. play, it's not... You know, it's not going to move on yeah. past that, and and really just learning those little, like everything has a formula to a certain yeah. extent, and it's how you, it's um, you know, I when I look at surreal stand ups and things, it's like then you go and you watch a an open mic night and you see somebody brand new trying to be Ross Noble. Yeah. And I always say you need the skills before you can go abstract. Yeah. You know, Picasso had to be a fine artist yeah. before he could then go and do what Picasso did. Yeah. So you need to acquire the skills, the basic skills first. Um, know what a joke is, know how they work, know the rhythm of, of sketches and stand-up and sitcom, which are all different. You know, learn the language, really, yeah. and then you can apply your take on it yeah you know but you need that toolkit first yeah, yeah. and when it comes to writing a sitcom i'm right at the beginning yeah. of that process of just learning what it is yeah well, that, well that's a good question because i mean uh, what is it uh i think 15 20 years ago especially if you're a if you're a sort of a proper old sitcom geek like i am i sort of know what i think a sitcom is mm. And that's very much based on what sitcoms were in the 80s and 90s, which yeah. is you watch an episode, forget it, watch the next one, forget it, watch the next one. There's no story arc. No. There's no, you know, the characters are all the same. I mean, to me, and that's, and that's how, and therefore that's how I watch sitcoms now. I just watch, so I watch the Goldbergs, I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I watch Modern Family. Mm-hmm. And there's an inevitable sense in which people are slightly growing older. Yeah. Over 24 episodes, yeah. over 150 episodes. But you can leap in and out. Yeah. Where so I, I describe them often as they're just they're biscuits, yeah. And every biscuit is basically the same, and you don't want, and that's why you like those biscuits, yeah. Because you know what you're getting, yeah. But now, if you're starting out writing situation comedy, are you going down the inside number nine route? Yeah. Are you going down the the office route? Are you going down the um you know uh the, the shaky cam thick of it route? Yeah. Are you going down the um, two two point four children studio multicam citizen Khan route yeah and they're they're all sort of options and, and various things are in favour and out of favour and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people, if you're somebody who's just sitting at home <clears throat> watching it, you're not really aware of those differences. Yeah. You just a sitcom's a sitcom. You like it or you don't like exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. you know. And it's only when you start looking at it, you go, oh, that's why that's different to that. Yeah. And, and and now of course you have things like that. I'm really enjoying at the moment the Good Place. I think it's okay. Good. Yes. But that is I've you heard have from, to follow it through. I've heard um, lots of people say how good it is, and I've heard one person say they think it is chronically overrated. Really? Yes. I I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. But it, it you can't just dip in and out. Of right. It. Okay. Yeah. You ha- it's a story that is ongoing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so that's quite new in sitcom. I think that idea that that. There, there's a like a soap opera that's yeah. funny almost you yeah. know that there's a continuing story I mean if you look at something like Only Falls and Horses sure there's a continuing story and that mm. Rodney marries Cassandra and then yeah. they go you know there's there's those things that happen yeah. but you can still you can watch an episode from the final series and the next day you can watch an episode from the first series yeah. and it's not going to confuse you <laughs> no not fundamentally even yeah. though they're very different in tone actually which is very interesting mm. how in the first series Del Boy's sort of a borderline criminal yeah almost yeah. It's got a little bit of menace to it, 
and then it becomes kind of more affectionate. But even so, it moves very, very slowly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, they are recognisably the same, the same show. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so it, it must be hard to to sort of know what kind of sitcom is this, rather than what is this a sitcom or not. It's like well. Yes, that's just the first thing. That's just the first thing, and it's in a way. I mean, so I'm always pushing people towards the biscuit style. Just, just make six, and no one cares what order they're in. And um, because I don't think the audience pay that much attention, but that's kind of the mainstream audience to some extent. And then you've got a whole batch of sort of comedy connoisseurs. Well, also the way that Mm. we we do watch TV now is so different. Mm. You know, how often do you go, oh, that's not at nine o'clock, I need to sit down and watch that. You know, I watch things on Netflix more than anything, or on iPlayer. You know, so I do it in my own time. I do a lot of travelling on trains, so I download everything I want, and I watch it in my own time. But at the moment, though, everybody who works in comedy and works in the media, and our friends, possibly, we are all like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I can't remember the last time I watched a programme when it was on that yeah. isn't sport. Yeah. Um, possibly Top Kim. I don't know. Sunday night just feels like it should be Top Kim. <laughs> um, but other than that, um, you sort of don't, you know, you have Sky Plus and just yeah. bang, 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 bang. And I've only recently got Netflix and Amazon Prime. Although, having said that, our parents just watch stuff when it's on. My parents do tape some stuff, and they still call yeah. it taping, and I don't yeah. know whether <laughs> I call it. I call it taping. Like, yeah, I do too. Actually, yeah, yeah, can you record tape, that? Yeah, record yeah. that. It's like, can you download it? Can you you know save it? Can you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, I sort of wonder though whether we've got this a bit of a chasm whereby people are watching episodes two, three, and seven. I think it's a generational yeah. thing completely. I don't think anyone under twenty is watching TV. Mm. No, they watch things on YouTube. They yeah. watch things on, which is why I think it's weird. This obsession with television capturing the you know the youth audience. They're not interested in yeah. it yet. Like you say, people like my mum, who's in her sixties, yeah. sitting at home watching telly on a Saturday night. They're not catering for her. Yeah, yeah. Or they're trying, you know, they're, they're so obsessed to get the younger market. And you yeah. go, where are the 60-year-old women on telly on yeah. a Saturday night? Yeah. And, you know, I think people, are, there is appointment viewing, things like Strictly yeah. or your Bake Off and stuff, where you don't want spoilers. You'd have to watch it when it goes out, otherwise yeah, you're yeah. going to, you know, there are things that are still that. But I think in terms of series, yeah. people generally are, and I know I'm a binge watcher. And mm-hmm. now, you know, we like with The Good Place comes out every Friday on Netflix okay and you'll watch an episode you go what do you mean I've got to wait a week for yeah. the next one <laughs> what a liberty what yeah. I can't wait that long yeah yeah because yeah. you're so used to going right next yeah. next next yeah. until it's done yeah and yet the other thing though that's and, and just when you think you've got the theory down you then go well what is the sitcom what is the comedy that kids and uh, young people are watching uh, it's Big Bang Theory it's a it's a yeah. studio multi-cam Sort of ludicrously contrived, yeah. very cookie cutter, yeah. joke, 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 joke. And you can, like, you or I could sit and write the script in some ways because it's so, fo- the formula's yeah, there. It's there. Formula's set, you just got to fill in the jokes. Yeah, exactly, you exactly. Know? And yet, and, and you know, it's none, it's none the worse for that. And it, it sort of makes yeah. it sound easy, but boy, <sighs> I could sure spend a billion dollars if I could come up with that. Yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. That's that American that's... way of working as well, yeah. though, is it, with the, you know, the writing teams? And it's so mm. different to how we. Makes yes. it come here. Yeah, no, we just have a, um, a, you know a couple of people or one person rocking back yes, and forth each other. In Is a this room. Funny? <laughs> yes, no, I'm going mad. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you so much um, for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm very excited about listening. I'm going to listen to the all. I've decided the new series of News Jack. Great. And just listen to see how it how it progresses. Right. And the 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 inside information we get is basically 
submit week five. Make sure you do week five because yeah. that's when they get the Because the submissions fewest. go down. We get and, the fewest in week five. Yeah. And then they go up again as people go, it's the last week. I'm yeah, or because in. In, I forgot yeah. to do it for the last three so, weeks. Or, yeah, yeah. And also you'll hear, if you listen to the credits as well, you hear the same names come up. So it does, yeah. it does get you noticed. It does get you noticed. There we go. Um, thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.